Hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Vazil, and this is a show where we get to talk about sports, we get to talk about business, and we get to talk about everything in between. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, you know exactly what to do. Like and subscribe on YouTube, five-star review on Spotify, five-star review and say something really nice about me over on Apple. But more importantly, today, I have my incredible guest, I have Tamara Lane. She is an Emmy Award-winning journalist, content creator, and producer, CMO of the Cart Shop Live, and podcast host of my Mind the Ceiling podcast. Tamara, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. Pleasure is all mine. I'm excited to learn about journalism and content creation and how that ties into marketing. Spoiler, I kind of know a little bit, but it's fun to ask those questions, right? But more importantly, Tamara, my first question to everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? You know, that's a great question. Um, it it actually stems from kind of coming from the news background. Um I love that it brings people so much joy. I love the joy, the thrill of it, you know, the um, kind of the ritual around it, everything that that brings, time together with family. And I say that because, you know, I did news and breaking news for over a decade and every story that I brought people was something that was, you know, bad for your health or, you know, happening in your neighborhood and you need to watch out. And there's just so much bad news. And going from that to now working in an industry in an area where everyone is excited about what they're doing and passionate and it brings people smiles and like, it's just, it's transformative. That is so true. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the news, mostly for the negativity aspect of it. And I try and push as much negativity out of my life as possible because I like living in positivity. And it's really hard to pay attention to the news and be positive, right? Like It's just difficult. And that's the nature of humans. That's the nature of the beast. Uh, and it's kind of unfortunate because sometimes you want to stay informed. And then I try and stay informed. I'm just like, I don't even want to be informed anymore. Like if something's that important, I guess I'll figure it out. But in yeah. sports, it's the only thing I care about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Constant. And I still try and stay informed, but you're right. I get to pick and choose now. Um, and like this, this just makes me happy. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love that. Look at that. Sports making people happy, living a better life, positivity, less stress. Less mm-hmm. stress lo- lives to, uh, leads to longer living. It's just, it's science. <laughs> Tamara, it is science. That's really all I got. So I'm really excited again to just kind of learn. We don't need to dive too, too, too deep into your past and some of the cool things that you've been able to do. But again, Emmy award winning journalist, you've created content for HBO and uh, many other, they're, they're listed on your LinkedIn profile. I don't need to read it to everybody, but you've made content for some incredible companies. Uh, AOL, if I'm not mistaken, there's some, some amazing <laughs> that, ones. On there. That, that's like a, that's like a dinosaur. <laughs> it, it happened yeah. though. AIM, yeah. I, one of my icebreaker questions, whenever I'm at a bar, I'm meeting new people. What was your first screen name? Works every time. You always have a great conversation. Use that one. Anyone listening, Tamara, you can use that one as well. That but is a good one. in the, uh, in the content, the branding, the messaging business, like where, where did this, I guess, where did the love of this come from? Where did you learn some of this stuff? Because it's not really inherent, right? Storytelling. Like, I love storytelling because I come from an Italian family. So my grandfather would tell the same story eight times when I see him every other week, right? Like, where does this love of storytelling and messaging and branding kind of, where did this all come from? Well, I started out in a different sport. I was a professional ballerina uh, when I... Wow when I graduated high school and was uh, in my early young 20s. Um, and I moved to New York to dance on Broadway and I made it to off Broadway. So that was exciting. 
And then I went, uh, and, it, and, and that's a form of storytelling, right? It's not only um, really athletic, but it's a, a storytelling. You're telling a story every time you're up on stage. Um, and so I just loved that. I loved being able to entertain people for uh, a certain amount of time. And then when I decided, hey, you know, like I can't stand on my toes forever. This is going to come to an end. What is next? Um, a friend, I, I, one of those New York stories I was walking down the street, really wondering where my life was going, and I ran into a friend who was like, I'm, I'm interning for a documentary studio. Do you want to come and intern? And I went, well, that's a different type of storytelling. Uh, yeah, I want to do it. And I ended up working for a studio that um, did a lot of HBO documentaries, a lot of uh, reality TV, and just started learning the ropes of how you, how you write, how you tell stories, how you direct people, how you you know, how you create magic on television. And it was so much fun. Um, and just something that I found I was, I couldn't be more passionate about. So that then morphed into a job uh, in the news, which that happened for, you know, over a decade. And and the news is still storytelling, right? Like it's still oh, yeah. trying to figure out the story. It's being able to tell it in a way that's captivating, that catches people's attention, right? Like, and I don't I don't know exactly the timelines in terms of, you know, what year we're in, but right, it was it was news headlines and then it was everything went to clicks and now it's pretty much just okay, seven favorite X on why you shouldn't do Y, right? Like that's that's every headline now and it's it's very frustrating, mm -hmm. but there's a reason those things work. I guess with that, I mean the ballerina aspect I think is really cool and, and kind of the storytelling of, of the plays and, and of the musicals and everything that you're doing. Apologies if I'm getting my terminology incorrect. <laughs> but what was that like being able to realize like did you did you realize immediately like getting into the documentary the reality space that oh I can pull some of the lessons I learned from baller being a ballerina in the storytelling there into these or was it something that when you look back on you're like oh of course that was right there the whole time you know I don't think I looked back and went oh my yeah that was there the whole time because I think there's different ways that you have to learn how to tell the story and it's a lot of hard work right like I I worked my butt off to learn how to be a, a ballerina and dance on, you know, this, the stages across the world and how you tell that story and captivate an audience. And then it was a whole different type of storytelling when I moved into film, into TV. And I had to work my butt off again, right? Because it's a whole different talent. But what I, I guess what I did know and what you're saying is I knew I loved storytelling and getting a reaction out of people. And so when I moved into the news, I had to learn how to tell that story. I went from, you know, hour-long plays to hour-long documentaries to, okay, you've got a minute and 30 seconds to tell people about an uh, environmental disaster in their neighborhood <laughs> and what they can do. And you're like, this is a whole different way. Like, this, this is a whole different skill set. Oh, and by the way, you have to do that every day with a new story. And so learning how to do that, like, you know, I have so much respect for people who can captivate people on Twitter because, the, you know, if you can tell a message in that, you know, limited amount of characters and you get people to follow you and like, I just, I think that that is one of the hardest skills. I can write, you know, a 30 page dissertation, but I can't master Twitter. Um, but that, you know, that's, that's where you learn. And, you know, in marketing too, you learn there's all these different silos of specialties, right? And uh, you try and be as good as you can in all of them, but you, the fact is you're, you're going to master a few and then know how to direct others. And I think it's really interesting. Well, first off, I will say um, 
Twitter's like the worst place on planet Earth. So if you're not going to master that, I think you're going to be fine. Maybe best to just, again, going back to mental health and stress, and just leave that one on the side. I do agree with you. It is absolutely incredible the people that become you know, Twitter famous. Very impressive. I got all the world and all the respect for them. I think that is super cool. So so with that, um, I do want to understand, like, as you said, it, it's a different way to tell a story every time, right? You're learning all these different skill sets. How how do you even learn those skills? Like, where, where, does, where do you learn those skill sets? Is, is it just on the job and figure it out? Like, how, how are you able to even learn these skill sets? And I'm asking all these questions to get to the card shop live, I promise everybody. But it's just <laughs> always very interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got a different journey to how they learn or become, you know, excel in a specialty. And mine was the school of hard knocks, right? Like my degree, I have a master's in international policy uh, and conflict and security resolution, right? And that has nothing to do with marketing. <laughs> so, you know, I, I went to school for something else, and but I, I'm so passionate about what I'm doing. I take the time to learn. And I would say the main way that I learn besides like, you know, there's all these different resources that you have as someone in marketing to get, you know, to be a part of organizations like on deck. I, I love on deck, you know, um, there's, there's different resources and communities that you can join where it's a great place to be like, Hey, what is the latest trend? You know, what, what are people doing now for these different funnels? But I would say the number one thing that I've done is I utilize my network for information. Um, so I'm constantly talking with people. Hey, what are you doing? Because once you understand the fundamentals, right? Like we need to utilize social media. We need to utilize, you know, these funnels. There's a customer journey. There's different uh, tools that you can use to, to get this information. Once you understand the fundamentals, then it's the how, Right. How, how are you going to utilize those and how are you going to stay on top of the trends in order to get people's attention? And for that, you have to be talking to everybody who's doing it, right? Um, because there's new tools that pop up every day. There's changes in the algorithms that happen every day, right? Changes in trends. Um, that's, so if you're not staying on top of that, then it's very hard. But the the foundations of what you should be doing doesn't change. I love that answer. That, it is extremely important for people to understand because, yes, if if you understand what you need to do, you can understand the how on top of it. And as you said, and something that I love to preach on this show and really just in life, your network, man, you know, they're, they're extremely important to you. Ask people questions. Reach out to at least one person a day. Just try and hop on a call 15 minutes. You never know. Somebody knows somebody who knows somebody. Right. Yeah. Like I'm sure we all have good conversations and every once in a while you can kind of like, oh, I met Tamara through through Todd and I met Todd through this person. And I met this person through this person. You can kind of go back, you know, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Right. And really understand how all these things come together in the end is always a fun, fun little uh, exercise yeah. we get to do. Right. But you have to give and get. Yes, absolutely. You have to give. You can't just go into these networks. And I mean, I find myself at least, you know, several times a week just jumping on calls to give other people advice, right? Because I know it'll come back. Um, or being like, you checking out a website or giving feedback, you know, like that's one thing that just is essential. And you're right, it's it's your network. And, you know, met you through Todd, who I met Look in a network. That. <laughs> What's up, Todd? Appreciate him. And yeah, I'm a big karma guy too. So yeah, I believe it will come back. You give, you get. That's just how the world works. I, at least like that's the way I like to believe it does. Um, so obviously, again, here to talk about Card Shop, the Card Shop Live, you're the CMO, the chief marketing officer. Got a nice ring to it. Tamara, tell me, what exactly is the Card Shop Live? 
We are a live selling, um, sorry, a live video shopping app where you can buy collectibles. So we're your one-stop shop for collectibles and hobbyists. I so love that. Shop so any time of day from live video sellers from the palm of your hand. Now that is perfect. So you had that nice, it was buttoned up. It was perfect. You've said that line, I don't know, let's say a thousand times. How long did it take you to, you know, again, coming on board, figuring out what was already there and what you wanted it to become or what your vision of it was to become? How how does that work, right? You're kind of coming from outside, if I'm not mistaken, right, to a company and you have mm-hmm. this idea. How do you instill in everybody there, this is the message that we're going for. This was our message and it was good, but this will be our message. This is great. How do you instill that into the employees that work there? How do you get that message out to the people to give them the understanding of exactly what you just said is come here 24 hours a day, video, palm of your hand, all those perfect buzzwords. Well, so I was one of the last team members to join our pretty spectacular team um, that founded and launched Card Shop Live. Um, So when I came into the team, you know, they had a good foundation for what they wanted to create. And um, we're very lucky because we have experts who have made a name for themselves in the hobby um, who really had a lot of um, basically, you know, values and what they wanted to put into this business um, that were clear, right? So one of the foundations of our app is that we have trustworthy sellers because our founders, that is one of the main principles that they want. And so it was very easy to start coming up with some of our branding and messaging because it was something that lives in our brand. It's, it's a value that we have that was from the very, very beginning. Um, and that's not something that you always get with companies, right? You have to come up with buzzwords and you have to, you know, think about these, these really extravagant stories. But it's like, no, our founders created this app because they saw a problem in the industry and they knew that they could come up with a solution to it. And it's based on trust and based on their expertise in this field. So like that's, that was easy coming up with some of our language. Um, then where, you know, then what you do as a storyteller and a marketer is you go, okay, now how can I translate that and make it something that, like you said, is, is a sound bite that it rolls off your tongue and that everybody in our organization can say. And so I just started writing down, um, you know, sentences like I, I will open up a word document and I'll just start typing and I put at the top, the keywords that I want right? Like we were live shopping. We were trustworthy. Um, we were thrilling, but one of our founders hates that word, but I love it. <laughs> uh, um, and, you know, I put the words at the very top that I wanted to filter out through all of our messaging. And then I have, um, you know, definitely you've got your, you've got your, your baseline material that you need to create, right? You need to have your mission. You need to have your vision. You need to have um, the summary. You need to have your pitch, your elevator pitch. So I just, I start making, um, I think I froze. Um, I start making all of my little categories that I need to fill in and, and I plug away and I plug away for days. And then one thing that I started doing recently, and this is just, you know, thanks to AI and it's going to get rid of all the writers in the world, um, is I start using different AI, AI tools to be a sounding board, um, especially when you're a one man team or, you know, have a small team, like 
these AI tools that you can use are so useful because you write something and then it starts to become, you're like, I don't know if this is the best way to say it. Or, you know, like you try and you ask friends to be sounding boards and you, you just start going in circles at a certain point. So, I mean, I've jumped on uh, Jarvis and I, there's a new one. I think that uh, I forget what the name of it, but you jump on and then you start typing it in there and you see what pops up and if it's something a little bit better. Um, so that's one of the tools that I use, but I have the, the key points that I need to hit. Um, and then, of course, I go back to those keywords that are the, the values of the company. And when I come into a company, I usually ask them, like, what are your values? And I, I make all of um, the key members in the organization tell me what those values are that they want the organization to have. So I think it's really interesting the way that you kind of described how you go about creating, not creating, but putting your spin on a brand or really starting to solidify that a little bit more was almost the exact same way that you looked at marketing, right? Like it was, Hey, here are all the steps. Here are all the things that I need to do. And then we just have to figure out the how to's to them. And as you kind of said, we got our mission, we got our pitch, we got our, our value statement. You know, you have all these things. Now you can start to, to flesh them out a little bit more and you use some interesting tools. I'm excited to check out drivers for sure, but it's, it's, it's really cool that you, you're, you're taking a very, I don't want to say syst not a systematic, maybe it is a, a process oriented approach. Is that a cool way to say it? Cause like you clearly have a way that you want to do things and then you do them and it's like, okay, like if you just break everything down into steps and you break everything down into little bites, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Right? Like it's very easy to kind of put that together. And, and, and one question I do have is you, you brought up the problem um, that card shop live is solving. What is that problem? What, what did the founders see that they said we need to create a new product that we believe will fix this problem. What is the problem? Well, I mean, first and foremost, the shopping experience up until now for collectors is very discombobulated, right? Um, you've got, if you want to find, um, you know, some cards, you go to eBay or you go to uh, you have to find someone who has a distributor to get a hobby box and you go to your local card shop and you go and then you get it graded on uh, one place that you have to send it to and you have to know who's going to grade it. And then if you want your accessories, you have to go to another place. And, you know, like your whole experience is you're, you're going all over the place to find something. And so we created that one stop shop for, you know, all of those things that you need. And some of our stuff is still being developed. So, you know, we're still getting there. Um, but the other part of that is the trustworthiness. Uh, we were seeing, you know, in other apps, there's complaints about you know, things happening um, that make users and make consumers unhappy. And that was one thing that was fundamental to us was that we're going to have trustworthy sellers on our app and it's going to be curated. And it's not going to be just an open, double-sided marketplace that we're going to have, you know, a place where you can go to and you can trust that the product that you're getting is authentic, that the sellers have a good reputation, that you're going to get it and, you know, shipped within a few days. Um, and we are so hands-on with that. And, it, you know, it's something that definitely has, has also had its challenges because, you know, like you don't scale maybe as fast as you want to, but you do say you do stand behind your quality. So you know, there's pros and cons, but I think that the pros way outweigh the cons. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And you guys are crushing it too. Only a few weeks on the market, multiple thousand worth of uh, people on the app already, right? Well, so we opened to the public in June. So it's been a few months and now few we're months. at uh, almost 27,000 users. Ooh. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, again, I go back to the, the really great reputation that the team has like that. That's one thing, um, that's been really great with this app is that, you know, we not only are saying something, but we really live the values, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the whole team. And so it makes it easier for people to join on and, you know, start shopping. And so you talk about wanting to scale and write uh, the pros outweighing the cons and, you know, we all, we all have a plan until we get hit in the face just to use as many colloquialisms as I can in this episode. I usually don't do this, but I got all of them. They're all in my bag today. So I'm just going to take them out. I am curious, like from the, but you have an awesome message. You have an awesome product. You have an awesome value statement. There's a reason behind it. This brand is fantastic. The people that built this product, the people that work on this blood, sweat, tears every single day, love this thing. How do you let the people know about it, though? How do you get that message out there, right? Like, yeah, we can all do Facebook ads, but those cost an insane amount of money, right? Like, yeah. where are you going? What partnerships? What ways? What what interesting little avenues does your storytelling brain kind of send you down to find those nooks and crannies that might be a little bit cheaper and you can get as many people as you possibly want? Yeah. I mean, so in the beginning, there's there's a whole <laughs> got the wheels spinning now. There's so many ways um, that we have begun to um, pursue for this. And it the main way that we pursued in the beginning and we continue to do now, but just through different tools is basically word of mouth, right? Um, in the beginning, we were doing a lot of um, word of mouth with giveaways and basically um, say, you know, like, our sellers were talking about us and we were inviting people to join and people who joined would um, be entered to win a a giveaway. And that was the first three months without any uh, social ads. Um, And we grew by about 10,000, which was, yeah. Uh, And then of course you get to a point where you're like, okay, so now we need to, we need more people. So we started doing social ads. And what was really important to me um, was because I think word of mouth is is really the number one way um, to get like real community, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just about users. It's not just about customers. It's about the community um, is that word of mouth. And so we've built in a refer a friend program into our app as well as a loyalty program because we think, I mean, who better to talk about what we're doing than someone who enjoys our product, right? So it took a little while to design um, but we finally got it implemented into the app, the Refer a Friend and the Loyalty Program, and everything you know we've built from scratch and we've and we've built up. So, like that was very important to me. We just launched at the early early part of December, um, and it's going really well. So you can see, it, and not only I'm kind of rambling here, but the reason why uh, community referrals are the most important is because those are the people who you can actually tell if you're if you're going to get more community because they believe in your product, they like it, and they value you. And so, you know, just doing random Facebook ads, you don't know what you're going to get um, joining your community. But when you when you have the people in your app who are using it, who enjoy it, then say, hey, I'm going to bring more friends on, it's a world of difference. You've been marketing for many years. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to 
put a candle to your flame, right? I've been marketing for a few years now. Um, word of mouth advertising is the best. It will always be the best and forever. And like, it's not even a question, right? Like I've been in uh, multiple different facets in terms of marketing. Again, you have as well. And I think we could both agree. Word of mouth will always win out because you're right. It's that community aspect. You know, birds of a feather flock together. There's another one. Add it to the <laughs> list, right? It's just one of those things where people that love your product, they love it. And they want to tell their friends about it. And their friends are probably interested in the same things, right? Is it 100%? No, but they probably have other friends or they're in an online community, right? Or a Discord chat or a Facebook group or a LinkedIn community, right? There's all these places that people can tell about your product. And in case anyone was wondering, my refer a friend link is going to be down in the description. So if anyone wants to go check that out to check out the Card Shop Live, get everything that you need in terms of hobbies and memorabilia, 24 hours a day, all in the palm of your hand. How did I do? Um, I think that part's pretty great. Like it's, it's so cool. And I will always, always 100% vote for that in terms of refer a friend or, or anything like that, because that's just that is how communities are built. And I guess, you know, through the, you know, few months, six months, I don't want to, I don't want to shame you guys, or uh, I don't want to, I don't want to give you not enough credit there. Apologies on poor terminology. (laughs) What have you seen in in terms of that community? I mean, 27,000 people deep is incredible, but I'm sure you have that 80, 20 rule, right? Where a lot of the, you know, a lot is concentrated in in a, a smaller number of users. What have you seen in terms of the community in terms of, you know, just the short stint with having this refer a friend, what are some of the positives and successes you guys have seen so far? Oh, I mean, just as far as numbers go, we're seeing the numbers play out and we haven't even really told everybody yet, right? We've done one email um, and we've and we've done a social media blast, but we're about to like start really telling people, right? Um, so I, I can't even tell you what it's going to be because we're already seeing, you know, uh, last time I checked, it was a couple hundred last week and that's starting to grow. Um, what I was going to say with that, though, is uh, when you create one of those programs, and because you said there's a lot of business people who um, watch this, it's you've got to have the right tool to do it. Um, and that's fundamental. And that's one of the things we grew. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I got Ooh, off perfect. track. You said community. Yes. And building the app. One of um, really the important things, and you talk about the feedback loop of when you're creating something new, something that you want, you, you need to find out what what your community wants or thinks about your product and so so that you can improve. And one of the major things we heard, and this is like a marketplace problem, right, is the lack of community um, that we kind of launched with. It was, you know, there was community coming on, but the community experience on the app wasn't there yet. And we listened. And uh, this month, we also rolled out that real community feature where there's um, a community board that you can post on. People are asking questions like, how much is this card worth? You know, um, our sellers are able to post what's going on there and get feedback from the community members where they're, you know, they're like, hey, we're going to do this break tonight. And community members are asking questions so they can, you know, it's, it's that whole new relationship for uh, a shopping app that just, you know, kind of blows people away when they're able to use it. Because it's not just uh, I'm going on and buying a product. I wanted to help create something that was like going to your local card shop and you could walk in and go, hey, I'm looking for this or discover something new, ask a question or just go in and browse and leave but feel like they had a great conversation with someone. So, you know, that experience which was missing in shopping or online shopping for a very long time is being brought back in. 
I love that. I remember the days where I used to go right down the street, the only <laughs> game in town. I would go and I would look for my magic cards and my Pokemon cards and my baseball cards yeah. and I'd go and I'd find all that stuff. Maybe I got something. Maybe I didn't. Maybe there was an event. I'm sure that's in your future too, right? You guys probably have some cool stuff cooking up on that side because I think, hey, online communities are great. Just wait till you meet people in person, right? There's that extra added benefit. So Tamara, this has been absolutely incredible. Kudos and congratulations on everything you guys have done. I'm very excited to see the absolute massive growth that you guys are going to be coming with the car shop live again one more time my link is in the description check it out if you like buying cars memorabilia any of this stuff i know you said um trading card games have been some of your your biggest pieces on uh, uh on the on the product correct yeah we've got um sports cards pokemon cards anime i i will actually say uh, a recent love of mine has been the pixar cards um and what are pixar just the, uh, cards Pix- of Pix- pixar so the movies like and okay and, they're awesome. Um, they're absolutely awesome. And I joke around that if my daughter, uh, if if I let her have my phone while one of the Pixar auctions was going on, I would be broke oh, because no. it's they're the cards are great. They're so much fun. They're very nostalgic, right? Like they've got Star Wars. Um, we've got Star Wars on our app too, um, and it's just it the the shopping experience with the live chat and the sellers. Um, like I said, if my daughter had my phone while the Pixar one was going on, I would be broke. <laughs> that is adorable. I had no idea this existed. I shouldn't be surprised. And I think that is absolutely awesome. So shout out to Disney for taking more yeah. of our money. Um, <laughs> right. tell us where can we, where can we follow more on you? Where can we follow more on the card shop? Where can we download it? Google play Apple, right, right, right. Tell us a little bit about that stuff so we can make sure we get a couple people to, to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. So we're on social media, all of the social media apps, the card shop live, um, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, I've been a little AWOL for my own social media as this has been launching. So I've, I've promised myself in the new year, I'm going to get back on. So I'll be, you know, you be able to reach me at Tamara Lane underscore on Instagram. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, or come on the app and there's direct messages there too. So really excited to, to see more people on and to get more people in the hobby. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Tamara. This has been absolutely incredible. One more time, Tamara Lane, Emmy Award-winning journalist. We didn't even get to the Emmy Award. Sorry about that. Content creator and producer, CMO of the Car Shop Live. We didn't even get to the podcast either. Oh, my God. We'll have to have you come back on, Tamara. I'm sorry. Mind the Ceiling podcast host. Uh, Thank you for your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of, so I appreciate yours. I appreciate all the audience members giving us a little bit of theirs. But other than that, have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks, Tamara. Bye, everybody. Bye.